Hello again from the Sustainability Podcast. Uh, this is Suraj Bhatia, and today I'd like to talk about the United Nations Biodiversity Conference, or COP15, which ended in Montreal, Canada on the 19th of December 2022. Uh, first of all, let's define biodiversity. Biodiversity or biological diversity refers to uh, living species, land, fresh water, oceans, and forests, among other things, which are essential in maintaining the ecological uh, balance of the world. Uh, this COP15 was billed as uh, the last chance to save our ecos ecosystems, which have been in uh, drastic uh, decline because of biodiversity loss and also because of uh, loss of uh, life. Uh, living species, uh, which has been dangerous in its decline. And uh, the world has uh, experienced its largest loss of life since the dinosaur age. So all this puts it in context. All right, so what exactly are these uh, biodiversity elements? Let's take two examples. The first is whales. As I spoke about uh, maybe a couple of years ago, whales are responsible for each whale on an average is responsible for taking care of 33 tons of carbon dioxide. When a whale dies, it goes down to the bottom of the ocean and it sequesters that much of carbon dioxide. So whales are important. Another element of importance is trees. Each tree, and there are millions and millions of them, uh, take care of 40 to 50 pounds per year of carbon dioxide. So when you add all the trees up, you see how important the forests are. And then, of course, the, uh, the, the other element is uh, the oceans and the living, living species that we talked about. So in this COP, the main agreement that was reached was the so-called 30 by 30. And this was the measure to halt nature loss. And the basic idea was to put or conserve 30% of the planet and 30% of its ecosystems under protection by 2030. That was the basic agreement that was reached uh, at the end of the conference. It was much more involved with that, than that. And if you look at, uh, for example, the uh, key objectives of COP, there were four goals. The first was to stop the extinction of known species. The second was to reduce by tenfold the extinction of all species known or unknown by the year 2050. The third was to reduce the risk from pesticides by more than 50% by the year 2030. Only now they're beginning to, to, to understand the enormity of the damage done by pesticides. And then the fourth was to reduce nutrients lost to the environment again by more than 20, 50% by the year 2050. So all this resulted in the so-called peace pact with nature. It was, you know, wildly heralded uh, and it was called the 30 by 30 agreement. And the central part of this was the money. Okay, so the estimates uh, I've heard have been that you need for such conservation and for such biodiversity protection, you need uh, to the tune of 600 billion per year. But what was pledged during COP uh, 15 was 200 billion per year. 
And out of this 200 billion per year, approximately uh, 30 billion was committed by developed nations and other voluntary nations uh, joining in. So basic idea is that the developed nations should contribute to begin a minimum of 30 billion, total expenditure 200 billion per year. And let's use this towards conservation. Let's use this towards developing countries. And let's use this towards a biodiversity fund. So lack of money was very central to all the negotiations. There were, of course, many other key sticking points during the negotiations, which, uh, um, you know, which, uh, which, uh, which uh, held things up and made them very contentious. And uh, one of them, um, which has been talked about, is the objection by the by Congo, by the Democratic Republic of Congo. Now, Congo, it may be one of the poorest countries in the world, but you know, in terms of uh, rainforests and biodiversity, it's huge. Uh, basically, the top three rainforest tracts in the world are Brazil, Congo, and Indonesia. So they also have mountain gorillas, uh, known as the mountain gorillas of Virunga, and these are world famous. Uh, all right, so uh, what were the objections? Their main objections were towards financing. What they really wanted was that there should be more financing committed towards um, uh, to, towards this uh, uh, stopping the ecological loss. Now, for instance, um, Congo is known for um, oil and gas development, while at the same time speaking about uh, the uh, protection of the rainforest. But you know, they had a serious objection, and uh, somehow at the end of uh, the conference, uh, in spite of this objection, the agreement was signed. Now, the 30 billion that I spoke about from developed countries, it comes in various forms, but there are also some very important uh, private funds. One of them that's been profiled is the Bezos Earth Fund. So there are many funds that are putting money using their impact equity, uh, impact equity uh, uh, financing uh, towards this. And then what does all this do? It creates, hopefully, a good, as I said, a pact with nature, a preservation of the ecosystem. And however, however, the hard work is now, it's getting done after this. Everybody goes back to their home countries and tries to figure out how exactly they're going to uh, deal with this. Now, there are also opportunities here, for instance, the rainforest that we are talking about, those can lead to enormous opportunities for the countries where the rainforests reside because the carbon credits that emanate from these rainforests, you know, is a big industry by itself. You need to identify a tract that's going to be sold as a carbon credit. You need to preserve it. You need to monitor it uh, through drones and satellites and, and on, on, on the ground systems. And you need to uh, make sure that it's, it's intact. So that's an example of an opportunity. But having said that, putting the opportunities aside, let's uh, think about what we are going to do over the near, uh, next uh, couple of years as these nearly 200 countries that signed on to the, to, the, to the COP15 agreement go back to their home countries and they talk to their governments and then they start to 
think about the practical implications or the actual implications of all this. One more thing quickly to talk about uh, is that uh, in the original objectives of uh, COP15, there were a couple of uh, uh, interesting objectives that I noticed. One of them was the uh, urban areas. So there was an objective to, to, to uh, <clears throat> increase the area and the quality of urban green and blue spaces. And I thought that was interesting. Another one was the use of businesses uh, enabling or requiring, I don't know which, businesses to monitor, assess, and disclose their impacts on uh, biodiversity. And then the third was reducing food waste by half by the year 2030. So all these were bold objectives, but really the main objective that's been talked about has been the 30 by 30. And the world is watching and we need to see what happens now over the next couple of years and how exactly um, this will translate into actual action. Bear in mind that in the past there have been agreements which haven't actually translated into uh, proper tangible action. But everyone's hoping that this time there's um, there's there's more willingness, uh, there's uh, there's more awareness, um, and something will be um, will be done over the next uh, couple of years. So we'll keep watching. Uh, and uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, until next time, uh, thank you and namaste.